Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and His gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto Him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. When we draw His power into our lives, both He and we will rejoice. Kia ora and welcome to today's episode of Doubt Not, Fear Not, the podcast series hosted by YSA for YSA. I'm your one-time host, Wiremu Winiata, and today we're going to be diving into a topic that no one really likes talking about, but for some reason we just can't stop talking about it. That's right, we're going into politics. Now, just to be clear, this episode is not going to be explaining the church's political stances or views. Joining me today is Sister Tanya Toria, Assistant Director of Communication for the Pacific Area. Tanya, it's awesome to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. As I mentioned in the beginning, what this episode really wants to focus on is the question, how can we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, express those political views and beliefs to groups such as the governments and peers and our fellow members. So I want to start off with that first group. How can we express our political voices and beliefs to government groups? Yeah, that's such a great question. And before I answer that, I think one of the most important things that we have to remember about ourselves when we're participating in local governments or in national government is that we are examples. And there's a, a scripture in First Timothy where where we learn, but be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. And in New Zealand, we have a process where Parliament makes all the laws. And so if anybody wants to have a say through that process, the New Zealand Parliament has a website that has all the information there on how to get involved. And there's a little area that is called Have Your Say. And it gives you an outline there on what petitions are, what you need to do. And so basically a petition is where there might be an issue that you think that government needs to address or needs to take a look at. And you can write a petition to Parliament following the process that's on the parliamentary website. And sometimes people use petitions in different ways. It's not always because they want to make a change, but just because they want to show there's some awareness. And it doesn't matter how many people sign your petition, in actual fact. What's important is a relationship that you have with your local MP. So that's the first part. It's really about relationships. Having your say is about understanding what the issues are that you want to present and then presenting them to somebody like an MP. But I think the first thing that somebody could do is to start being involved in councils and at a local level, in local mayoral councils, just be involved in school boards. All of those kind of places are really good starters for getting involved in processes to have your say. The most important thing is that we're always examples of the believers and the way that we present ourselves. And if we're going to have a say at a government level, it's really important to study up on the issues. It can be really easy to become passionate on one side, but what we really need to do is we need to study. And the best way to do that is start with where the truth is. So I would suggest that people, if we start with the words of the living prophets, they speak on the things that are happening in the world today, not in a political way, but from the point of view as how we are going to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. 
So I think we have to not lose track of that when we're trying to, when we're wanting to have a say, if that makes sense. Is that helpful? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Tanya. And I feel like I should have mentioned in the very beginning that we're not just looking at how to express our views to these different groups, but we're looking at expressing our views in a Christ-like manner, which is exactly mm. along the lines of what you've been talking about. When you talk about getting involved with your local communities, you mentioned that before one can even get to those real high governments, that one needs to have a good relationship with their MP. And would, would you just recommend doing any form of community service, like you said, doing school boards and stuff like that? Of course, getting involved in local community events, finding out from your local councillors on your district council or your city council if there are things that you could help with. There's lots of ways to be involved. Research, have a look and see what kind of events are coming up in your local city. Is there a way that you and some friends might want to help? I live in Porirua and there's a local multicultural council that talks about the fears or the interests of people of many different cultures here. There's also interfaith groups in Wellington that you can get involved in. The multicultural council in Wellington is also attached as part of the Wellington City Council. So any of those kind of community organisations that have a link to a city council or an MP are really useful. Local government leaders and MPs really like to have the input of young people. So there's lots of opportunities, but you just have to research and study it out and see what it is that you want to be involved in. You've got to do the legwork. <laughs> There's lots of opportunities to have a say, be on advisory groups around different topics in the city. Find out when your local city has made their uh, plan. They're always wanting submissions to their plans and you can be involved in that. You really have to weigh up how much time you want to spend in that area. If that's something you're really wanting to do then as a vocation then I'd say really spend time in there. There's lots of opportunities to serve but I think as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints we really know what the greatest cause is. I think people want to be part of something. Young adults just want to have a voice and be part of something that's that's grand. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of young single adults that do f feel the need to be part of something. Speaking as a person that, that came back in for, for, from my mission and I was looking for a sort of purpose. I thought I'd be able to find it on my mission, but the Lord saw fit to reveal it to me afterwards. But uh, what I love the most about what you were talking about, when you were talking about research, actually getting you to do the work. F first, talking about when you're saying just doing the work, doing the service. I mean, we talked about in the beginning and how we're expressing our views in a Christ-like manner. We know the Saviour served, and we're, we always talk about him, how the Saviour served others. And when we're expressing our views, we can't get more Christ-like than when we're in the service of others. We know that scripture, Mosiah 2.17, it says we know that when you are in the service of your fellow beings, you are only in the service of your God. And going back to something you said in the beginning, when you're saying when a person doesn't really do the research, they tend to be a bit more passionate. They get really passionate about some things, and sometimes that passion can be misplaced. And just to pull up some things that have been happening in these recent days, there are many of our brothers and sisters in Aotearoa that are organising protests, and they are within their legal rights to do that. But when you're talking about researching, is that what you're referring to? When you're talking about doing your research, otherwise you can get a bit too passionate about it? 
Yeah, exactly. We, we need to research and find out all the parts of an issue when we're passionate. Uh, the interesting thing about social media is that it will keep giving you the things that you're interested in. So if you're interested in one view, you'll find that everything on there that you're looking at starts to be supporting that view. And you may start begin to think, this is the view of everybody, <laughs> or this is the main view, but in actual fact, the algorithms and social media really help that along. And so you just have to be, like when you're at university, you have to look at all the sides. You, you might be debating for one side, but you really have to be able to present both sides. So I think, again, just like with everything that we do, we can be passionate about things. I'm passionate about preparing for the second coming of Christ, you know. But we have to be very kindly in the way that we do things. And Absolutely. The first thing is always love God and then love and look after others. And we always need to be putting others first, I think, and then we'll be in the right way. So whatever our, our causes or whatever voice we want to have or if we want to be part of what's being said in local government and national government, then we need to do that research, but always in a kindly manner. And for what purpose? Absolutely. There needs to be a purpose, not so that we can just have a say or, get, or be an influence or power, because there is a power of, of gathering, isn't there? When you, oh, yeah. So we just have to be really careful about the influence that we can have when we gather and that it's always for the purpose Definitely. Uh, of good and for others. Definitely. Absolutely true, you know. Yeah. I think we've been shown by the example of our brethren that it's always about being kind and considerate, being Christ-like, showing those attributes and, and making that our focus. When we do that and we, we feel that's right with the Lord, I think then we're on the right way. But it's not the only way to have a say. And the thing is we have to figure out what's the good, better, best. What's the best way to have a say in a way that helps us to show that we're example of the believers. Because that really makes the biggest difference in being able to have a say. The way we behave, the way our language is, the way we care for others, really says a lot about who we are. And that's the biggest voice that we can have. Absolutely. Someone could go into something with a clear purpose and it's with the best of intentions and it's actually a very pure purpose. But if it comes out wrong or if they say the wrong thing and you said it yourself, with social media they'll pick up some of the smallest of things and it will just spread. And as people search for those things they get fed more of mm -hmm. whatever they're looking for. And that's another thing that we can look at when it comes to social media. So moving on from expressing our political views and to governments in a Christ-like way. I would also want us to know, how can we do the same thing to our peers? So to our brothers and sisters that are outside the church, how can we express our views to them without getting into an argument, without getting any sort of debate going on? How can we do it in a respectful, Christ-like manner so that they see, even if they don't agree with our views, they do see that we are expressing them in a Christ-like manner? I think we have to agree that we have differences. And sometimes that, and it's okay to have different opinions on things. If we do have differences, we need to focus on what we have in common, our humanity. That's where the focus needs to be. Absolutely, focusing on our humanity. And when we're sharing with our whānau, with our friends, especially on social media, sometimes we have our whānau and friends that are very passionate about their things and they'll, they'll post up things about their beliefs. I've done it as well. <laughs> How can we share our views with them on social media in a way that is both loving but also bold 
and staunch in our own beliefs. Because I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes in an attempt to be more loving, sometimes we can beat around the bush a little bit too much so that our point isn't exactly made. How can we be bold in making our point? It, it's like it says in Alma 38 when he says being, using boldness but not overbearance. How can we mm-hmm. do that in expressing our views and sharing what we know to be true with our whānau mm-hmm. and friends on social media? One of the things that we can do is share about our, ourselves. Sometimes when you're saying how can we be bold, I think we just need to be true. We just need to be real. We just need to be sharing about the things that we really believe in that are important for us and the why. If you're wanting to share something about going to church, that that's important, then just share it in in the natural, normal way you would tell your best friend about, hey, this is what I did today and, and this is how I felt and I had this experience. Not because you're trying to to get likes or not because you're trying to reach out in a particular way to someone but just because you want to share something that's real from you and from your heart. I think we just need to start doing that more and then sharing goodness. Elder Bednar had told us that something that we could do is just share, share the good things. If someone posts something and you have a very different view to it, you you don't have to automatically comment. (laughs) Take your time, have another look, (laughs) think about the person, how much you love them, and if you're feeling like you don't, go away and have a prayer. And if you still need to post something, post something on your own page about, about your view, but in a way that's not because you're trying to be opposite to this, but because you really have a view uh, that, that you're passionate about, if that's where you want to put it. Right. Don't join in conversations that end up hurting people and being mean. That's, that would be my advice. Try not to do that. And always remembering, what's the second? Love God, love others. It's always, everything goes back to those two commandments. Oh, gee, you've got me right there, Tanya. You know, I'm, uh, I was just actually just about to ask because that's a question that was brought up by some of the missionaries I teach at the MTC. We're teaching them how to use social media and they're asking, what do you do when you come across a post or someone puts a comment on your post when they completely disagree and they kind of, in the modern day word, they start trolling you on your post. So you put up your post and they start going against everything you've said and they try to blow up everything you've said on your post. These missionaries will ask me, well, how can we respond to that? Do we just ignore them? Or do we try to reason with them, obviously in a loving way, but how do we go about that? When you make your own post about your own views and then mm. someone goes up and they kind of try to tear it to shreds, you know? Yeah, we, we must always be have the courage to speak with uh, kindness, no matter what the situation is. Yeah, most definitely. I guess speaking with kindness, it's not just exclusively to our final friends that are outside the church either, is it? Sometimes there can be a culture within the church itself, within our fellow brothers and sisters, when two members of the church of the same ward, they'll have differing political views. And that can actually cause quite a rift between members. I've seen sometimes, especially during the election years, and then there's different parties that people are trying to advocate for. And then that can actually cause quite a bit of contention. How can we make sure that that doesn't happen? We can hold on to our views, and we can do so with love. But how can we make sure that that culture doesn't come into the church when we're talking about these political views? That's such a good question. It just goes back again to relationships. If there's a difference, you're for one party and I'm for another party. But what are the things that you have in common? It's 
maybe that's not the one you're going to discuss if you're wanting to build a relationship of love. <laughs> but, you know, at certain times of the year, it's going to be big. But you don't always have to, I think you, you can approach people in a different way. You know, let's go out to lunch and let's talk about something else. What's going on at home or how can I help with something? I think there's lots of other conversations we can have. If it's going to be one that we know could be uncomfortable, do we really need to have it? That would be my question. Absolutely. We don't want to stir the pot as, as fun as it seems. We don't, <laughs> as fun as it seems to stir some things up, sometimes we just don't need it. Yeah, I was reading today. In 2018, and you might remember, President Russell M. Nelson had a devotional. He gathered all the young people yes. worldwide and yes. had this devotional, right? And, and you were talking, we've started at the beginning about wanting to have a say and wanting to have a cause. And something that he said in this devotional to young people now, 2018, that was 12 to 18 year olds. Some of them are young adults now. And young adults, it's kind of this big mix because here's a couple of things he said and I, I just think we need to really think about how he said it because first of all he said, here's an opportunity to be part of something big something grand, something majestic. Isn't that what we all really want? We all come and we just want to be able to make a difference in the world and maybe leave a mark somewhere. I feel like we've done something great. And I think when you're talking about having a say, I feel like that's part of where our passion goes. Absolutely. And President Nelson has already said we can do something grand and majestic. And, and so what is it? And so here's some interesting words here because he said you were sent to earth at this precise time. So when young adults have all these questions and you're, you're wondering about how to be involved and how to, what to do, it's this precise time, the most crucial time in history. I think he used those words purposefully. They weren't just to make the youth feel good. <laughs> they were purposeful. And here is the thing. Here's the grand cause that all of us can have a say in and it's to help gather Israel. And how do we do that? Going back again, being examples of the believers. If you're going to an MP, maybe there's something that's happening. Maybe there's something that young adults want to do together, an activity or a service, or like who can we help? And you want to build a relationship with your local MP and you might have something that you go together there and you talk about something, a service project or a way to help people. I mean, all of those things are ways that we help together as well because we're showing who we are as disciples of Christ and followers. And so he talked about this as being the big thing. I loved that you asked me to do this because I had to do some homework and I started to think, what is the big thing that we need to have a say on and it really is about ensuring that this work can keep going forward in preparation for the coming of Christ so if we use that as the number one cause and then we looked at everything else that we could get passionate about and there are lots of good things and lots of better things we have to figure out which are the ones we really want to put our time into but I think if they're things that are going to bring Christ and we're going to be ready for him and have all our friends ready for him then that's it I absolutely agree with you there, Tanya, you know, and just as I think on all the amount of things we could get involved in, with everything going on politically, I mean, you have, within New Zealand itself, you have the, the concern about the abortion. Everyone knows that as members of the church. No, I absolutely agree with you there, Tanya, and especially when you were talking about just finding the one cause, which was the gathering of Israel. And that's just a really important message, especially with 
so many different things that we can get passionate about, many things that are happening within politics today. Obviously we have the, the big COVID talk that everyone's talking about, not just COVID but also the vaccines and the mandates that come with it. I believe it was last year or the year before when the referendums came out with the euthanasia and the, and the use of cannabis and then of course there was the big abortion concern. All of these things, people know the churches stand, people know where we stand and obviously in all these things we have to express them in a Christ-like and loving way, whether it's in social media, whether it's in our sacrament meetings, whether it's in our petitions to the government. But focusing on the one cause in gathering Israel and in hastening the Lord's work as mentioned by President Nelson back in 2018. I was on my mission when I heard that and it was just inspiring because a lot of my younger brothers and sisters that were in youth at the time and they were mm. listening and they heard all of that and hearing of their experiences on my mission. It, it is important for us to, of, of course, express our views and stand true and stand strong for what we believe in. When you have a friend that's just really kind and really loving and, and maybe they have a very different opinion on some things, does it really matter? Because the kind and the loving stands out the most, right? And so you Absolutely. accept that they have a different opinion. It's when we don't really know people that sometimes we feel like we can be a little bit more unkind. Yes. Which Exactly. You know, I think it's really important for all of us to show our love in just simple ways. We don't have to make a stand on particular things even if we believe in them unless the time comes to do that. What we do is we just have to continue being Christ-like examples and but just being basically loving and kind to others and I, I've got a couple of stories I made some friends in the Jewish faith now Jews don't believe in Christ and yep. that didn't matter I helped on a project a service project with them for quite a while and out of that project we just came to love each other. I think at first there was a little bit of, on their part, what, 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 is she, what is she doing? Why are they interested in us? And on my part, I just wanted to help with a project that they had. But at the end of it, we've become the best friends. And in fact, we were asked to present in another church, in a Sunday church meeting, uh, not one of our faiths, another faith. And we stood up and we talked about how we felt about each other and this love that had grown for us. And so it didn't matter that we were all from very different backgrounds and that, and that I believe in Jesus Christ as the Redeemer and they're waiting for him to come. That didn't even matter. Does that make sense? So, Absolutely. You so that's, that's kind of where the power is. The, the power really is in loving one another. It's more powerful than trying to be an influence for a particular political cause, I would say. Oh, yeah. I, I feel that. I definitely do. It reminds me of an experience that I had on my own mission. I, I was blessed to serve in the Uganda Kampala Mission in East Africa. And one of the countries that it involves is Rwanda, and I was there for a good, um, good while. And it just so happened one day, my companion and I went to visit a single mother that we had been visiting for a good while. And lo and behold, when we knocked on the door, she invited us in. We found two other missionaries of a different faith sitting on the couch. And the first thing that ran through my head was, don't get out your scriptures. Leave your scriptures in your bag. And so well, we went and we sat down and we greeted them. And in the, at first, these other two missionaries, I won't mention their faith. 
but these other two missionaries, they tried to start up something. They tried to start up a debate. And I just had to be honest with them and to say, look, my brothers, we're not here to debate you. We're not even here to share these things with you, although we'd very much love to. This mother has been so kind as to invite us into her home, and we're here to share a message with her. And if it's okay with you, we'd love to continue to share our message because we know it to be centered on Christ, and we know it to be true. And just with that, their entire attitude towards us really changed, you know. Instead of trying to be all defensive, trying to be all, you know, debating-like, they were very kind. Their hearts were softened, so to speak. And eventually they left because they were on their way out. And the mother thanked us after, simply because she shared in her own language saying, I know you guys are the disciples of Christ because of how you acted. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the main thing in all of our political views. As long as we're not acting in anger, because we know the Spirit's not in anger, and as long as there's no contention, there's no pride in any of our attitudes when we are sharing our political views. As long or, as we... or ridiculing someone because their view is different. Absolutely. That, that's what they did in the large and spacious building, right? In the Dream of Lehi. They mocked and pointed fingers because there were people that were standing and doing something different to what they were doing. And so we, we have to be very careful we don't get on that team and exactly. start pointing fingers. And when has that ever been successful? When has it ever been successful when someone began ridiculing and someone began mocking other people's beliefs? That's another mm -hmm. thing I told the missionaries, saying that we are not here to break down someone else's faith. We are here to share our own and with the hopes of building theirs up. And if we can do that in a Christ-like way, surely that's success to me. You can find on the church website a section called religious freedom and religious freedom is really important because it's what allows us to build temples and it's what allows us to go to church and to form churches and to have charitable organizations like latter-day saint charities lots of things that we do and we don't think about because we've had religious freedom here in new zealand but we're really blessed here and so the political process is very important and if we're going to have a say uh, there are some things on this site religious freedom that helps us to know what to do. When we get involved in the political process there's some really simple things we can do. We can vote. That's important yeah. And, yeah. and even then you've got to get again if you're going to go in and get to know your MP and work alongside them on the service project not just them but others as well. That's where you get to know the real person right which is what we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. And so voting locally, voting in the elections supporting candidates, finding out how they would see what we do, and would they be supportive. So it's good yeah. to do that before they're actually got a big position and make those friends with them beforehand and have them, then you can approach them at any time, right? So that's the kind of things young people can do, studying and learning. And, and all of those things allow us to do this work of gathering Israel. Back in Rwanda, the government actually they made a very extraordinary decision. The government had just made a decision to shut down all the churches. Mm. And it was just because they were sick and tired of people coming in and some would charge tithing. You know, they charge large amounts of tithing and then they take the people's money and they'd run off. The government didn't want any of that. And so they started putting up some standards for churches. Chapels had to be this big with this amount of space. And because a lot of the buildings of the church were rented and they were small, some of them were even just big houses, they got shut down along with the rest of the church. But what really helped build up those churches, it was our relationship, not even with the bigger government, but with our local government. 
obviously the president and all of the bigger politicians, they knew of the church by way of humanitarian aid and all of that. But the community, the community leaders, they didn't know too much until we were willing to step up and actually help within the community. Because in Rwanda, they actually have one day a month, every there's one Saturday of each month that they actually have a nationwide community service project. And actually, by law, that's where you need to be. You need to be there contributing to the community. And if you're not there, then you have to be somewhere else. As missionaries, we made sure that we were there to participate because it didn't just give us opportunities to teach, but it gave us opportunities to serve and to show who we were without saying anything. I love how you say that about not having to say anything because it's your actions, it's the way you behave, the way you treat people that stands out so much more than than what you say. Oh, I really um, like that. There's that yeah. quote that says, "Is that quote that says you preach a much better sermon with your actions." And I think something you said there too about when you're on your mission and the difference it made because they'd seen how we were and even with the, the lady we were visiting with her and then again with the local government leaders, our Christ-like behaviour is the most powerful influence. I don't think we really understand the power and the influence that we can have just by following Christ, loving Him, loving our Heavenly Father and loving others. Does everything go back to those two things? It really does. <laughs> it really does, you know. It all comes down to loving one another. Because the Saviour said, by this shall men know that you are my mm. disciples. Some of the things we can do to make sure our voice goes out over social media, we talked about being being kind when we're on in online conversations, right? But we can also share things. So if your missionaries have got some pretty cool posts up, share them, share the media from the Pacific area. We have uh, Facebook pages. We've got a Facebook page, an inspiration group that you could share your inspiring stories to. And we also have Instagram, which I know many young people prefer to be on Instagram. And so there's lots of really great things on there that can be shared. If you're wanting to share goodness, but you can't think of something for yourself. If you can't think of a way to express yourself, there's lots of really good media out there online that's produced by the church that you can share. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Tanya. It's been awesome having you. Thanks, Wadavo. I've really enjoyed it. I think young people do not realise just how much they are loved by the Lord and just how much He needs them at this time. He does need your voices and He does need your power and influence for good. Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast series has been produced out of the Auckland Institute building with contributions from young adults across New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend to direct others to this podcast or listen to other episodes in this series or to enroll in the Institute class associated with the podcast. See our website at doubtnotfearnot.podbean.com. This recording is not an official publication of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The views expressed are those of the participants and are neither the official doctrine nor the official teachings of the church.